0: Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the ACAST app or at our Patreon, which is just Patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I'm your host, Patrick Thomas Perkins. But that is too many words to call a person, so let's just stick to PTP. This is going to be a fun, rambly episode, you guys. Um, let Let me start off by kind of issuing an apology of sorts that is for the patrons, but also for the general listenerhood. I apologize that I have not been... I have not put out a new episode. Um, I did record one and got started editing it and didn't like it. So I re-recorded it and decided the premise was was flawed. And then while I was working on it, uh, construction... <laughs> All over the place began in my neighborhood. Like they put up new power poles, and the uh, food cards that I live next to brought in like two new cards, And then the house I'm in uh, had some is having work done on it. So I have not had a quiet moment in about forever. Whatever whatever time frame is is uh, between this episode and the last has just been a whir of hammers and low vault engines motors. And uh, uh, some dude yelling at some dude about it's got to be about 40 feet to the left. It's been a nightmare. (laughs) But I do, I want to apologize to uh, the patrons because you guys make the show happen. Uh, You guys make it so I'm not living on the streets. And there's definitely a weird tension there when I can't make an episode, but I Feel like I'm aware you have given me money, and I'm one hundred percent sure. If I asked each of my patrons, "Hey, would you just give me five bucks this month to not die?" All of them would be like, uh, "Hell yeah, we don't even let's let's skip paperwork." But I I uh, I at least wanted to start off this episode by addressing that and, and and to explain the episode that I I I had done. Money is evil, right? Like we we all know that. Like we literally have. The phrase, money is the root of all evil. And then we follow that up with with a uh, fun turn of phrase. Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And then we still have a society based on the acquisition of money and power. And I just, I find that absurd and also disgusting. If you told me, hey, I'm getting paid in poison and uh, I'd like to use that poison to poison other people, I would think you were a Batman villain. And yet people are constantly like, I, I want to make money so I can have a lot of money so I can give other people money. And I'm like, that's, that's just repeating the same thing. And, uh, I made a whole episode about that and I felt like a crazy person. I, I didn't feel entirely like a crazy person, but I, I definitely felt like I feel uh, as a poor person, anytime I say money is evil, which is that people will look at me and be like, yeah, but you're just saying that cause you don't have money. And to me, that's like, you know, uh, uh, like I don't think alcohol is good. Right. So I don't drink it, but we don't have a society based exclusively on, uh, the acquisition of alcohol. I mean, we kind of do, but we don't, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not. I just I just it grosses me out that we have a system based on uh profitability and we know that's wrong. You know, I just it it and so I made this whole episode about how I think money is evil. Um and it wasn't really a researched episode, it was just me shooting from the gut. And honestly that ended up feeling like the one thing I don't want to be with this show. Uh, which is I I never want to be the left wing version of the guy in his truck. Like, you know how there's the 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 dude in a camo hat and he's got the wraparound sunglasses and like spits you into a coffee cup and he's like, You know what's wrong with America? Damn immigrants getting into the government And you're like, that's those those are those are three separate problems, my friend. And and so i never want to be the person who is just absurdly railing against things um and i recognize that 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 is me applying horseshoe theory which is the idea that the left and the right are equally um bad which is ridiculous one, one side in wants to imprison people and 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 you know kill them uh and the other side is like you know maybe money doesn't need to exist maybe maybe everyone should have access to food so i feel like feel like equating the two is 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 me doing the devil's work for him but i struggle uh with with feelings of legitimacy and by the end of that episode i did not feel like i was being legitimate i just felt like i was a guy who was just like and money is evil why and so i i, uh, I scrapped it but then i was talking to my therapist and he was like maybe that's something people want to hear uh, that was the episode i was making because in, in particular because i'm i'm very stressed about money uh, my my big problem the big thing i deal with is like i said i think money is evil i think we take a thing that should just be a measurement system the reason the the, the point i got at the end of the other episode that i didn't release is is that um that a thing that should be a metric of measurement is used to control the world, um, should be a unit of measurement, not a metric of worth. And the problem is we, we take it and we apply it to people. When you apply cash values to human beings, you get real close to doing a popular American pastime called enslavement. It, it, it's weird to me that we would stay so close to such a slippery slope all the time. To, to kind of hone in on the the, the point I'd made or, or the one the one point I wanted to, to kind of make, which is like, I don't think child support is is evil. I think I don't think it's wrong at all. In fact, I think it really does a form of it needs to exist. But I think every child should get child support and like from society, we all agreed that we need to have more people, so like why not all contribute? To to the future uh, that makes more sense to me than hey you individual person you're responsible for this baby and if you're not your life is ruined like there's a uh, my child is uh, has a cash value of about fifty thousand dollars it's about combination of what I owe and what I've paid and child support just a gross weird system to me <laughs> that is that is. Not what I want to talk about, but money was kind of the, the 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 key, and I wanted to apologize for for not releasing that episode. I just I wasn't happy with it, and I didn't want to release a subpar episode just to release an episode. I'm I'm fine with things like the buzzing that my microphone creates because of the power output. I'm not fine with making product that I'm less than satisfied with so today what i wanted to talk about was i wanted to go over some of my thoughts on disability because they're they're tangential to my thoughts on money and really like i i've been struggling to do the mini series on disability because with as much as i know and i've found out it still feels like me begging to exist uh and i don't want to do that for a show. I don't want to make that art. But I do want to get out some of the complications about dealing with the disability. Here's the deal. I've wanted to make the miniseries for a while, uh, and I struggle with scripting. I struggle with sitting down to write out a script. I can I can organize my notes. I can I can come up with a timeline, but it's very hard for me to sit down and write a script. And so I've been trying to uh, make episodes in a way that I felt were legitimate and I wanted to talk about that struggle and the the struggles as a disabled person trying to figure out disability. And, and the main reason I haven't done the disability miniseries is I don't want to sound like a crazy person. Uh, I don't want to be the dude in his truck. It's, that's not the way I do things. I, I've never been a scriptwriter for this show. It's always been research and notes and trying to be organic because that's who I am. Um, but I, I, I want I, I want to talk seriously about disability and I want to explain some aware what people deal with and why it's so hard and why it needs to change and, and I want to really try to convince you know able-bodied people that you have a responsibility to do something. The, the hard part about life in the United States, We are taught that we are special and unique so that we won't take care of other people, right? If you're the chosen one, you don't need to care about the five-man band behind you because you're the chosen one. If you are exceptional in the way America says you are, then you don't need to take care of other people because that's not what exceptionalism is for, right? Maybe, Maybe in the past. That was how we treated it, but very much the way uh, the United States treats acquiring wealth, getting wealthy is you're doing it for you. Maybe you're doing it for your community, but inevitably it, it's a it's a gravitational force that pulls you towards being wealthy. And once you get wealthy, the the weird part of the human brain that likes feeling good, the, the part that, the, the thing that's like, oh, I like when serotonin is released in my brain, gets excited for money. So, so it's like in, in, in astronomical terms, um, things that orbit are actually pulled by gravity. So the, the comets we see every few hundred years, um, those are actually impacted by the gravitational pull of the sun, but also other bodies. Uh, and that's why they will, Move in weird shapes that aren't like perfect eclipse like circles because they're 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 influenced by the body of a larger force, and inevitably like it happened when I was younger, a bunch of stuff, something like Jupiter might pull them off course and make them slam into the planet. Right, the human brain I think works kind of similarly. You might be pulled by the gravitational force of your community. But once you get within the orbit of, of the Jupiter-sized reality of accruing money requires money to accrue money, and most importantly, the way to get wealthy is to not spend money and to take money from other people, which are not, not ways to make a community. Right? Like it's a, it's a, you lose sight of what you want because of the gravitational pull of the other thing. That reality in the United States means... You don't just lose focus. In in in, if you're a person uh, trying to get wealth, you lose focus as a person trying to survive, because when you're poor, your gravitational forces are survival uh, and necessity. It's a weird, gross game to me, where where because we focus on the acquisition of wealth, we don't focus on the reasons why we're acquiring that wealth. And those are usually way more important. But then because of the necessity and the power and the nature, the system of acquiring wealth, you're never out of it. And and the really crazy thing about acquiring wealth is that once once you get it, it's never going to be enough. Because money is, is a form of drug, the way we use it. it. It really does spike your serotonin levels when you get more money. Your brain chemistry starts changing. There is a great episode recently of uh, some more news about how it impacts you. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use the most immediate example, though, which is medical care. Being born the way I was with a tumor uh, and then the subsequent disability because of the three missing vertebrae and the issues that led to me not having teeth are all the result of, of me not having access to resources. However, if I was wealthy... I could damage myself just as much because I have so much access to resources. Nobody's going to tell me no. So I might be like, Hey, I want a surgery that is reckless and dangerous and could paralyze me. And as a poor person, the doctor has some amount of authority to be like, no poor person, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. And you don't have enough money to sway my opinion. But if I'm a rich person, I can go in there and be like, um, you're giving me the surgery. And so when I'm paralyzed afterwards, who am I going to blame? The doctor, of course, because I'm a rich person and I paid the doctor to do a thing and the doctor didn't do a thing. So it's the doctor's fault. It's not mine. So I will go to a different doctor. And I. And so the cycle continues. Which is uh, kind of what gets me to what I wanted to talk about today, which is disability uh i've been i've been struggling with uh it a lot lately and um i've been i've i've wanted to make a mini series about the struggles that people have when it comes to disability and i haven't been able to find the space and time to record because those take ta money of late i don't have a 3 week chunk to sit down and organize all these thoughts so that they make sense instead what i have is Um, it's 4.30, it's, it's 5 a.m. now, and in about an hour and a half, my entire neighborhood is going to be insane with noise. So that's, that's, that's what I have. And I don't have time to sit down and write, because I need to figure out a way to not die of not having money. (laughs) Uh, and, and so that is, that, that is also part of why I was apologizing to the patrons, is, I always feel this weird pull where you guys really do keep me alive, but I have to keep doing other things to stay alive. Uh, pet sit or house sit or or just beg. And that takes time and, and effort. Begging is work. And if anyone tries to tell you otherwise, they've never had to do it. It requires being willing to be rejected by everyone and everything. It takes being willing... To be humiliated by your circumstances, it takes looking at a society that says, "Oh, you think you deserve something for nothing, and you don't already have everything." Uh, then there's something wrong with you. You, you are bad, and that's a lot of stuff to get around when you just want to not die. So, when you see people begging, remember that. Uh, that was not what I wanted to talk about today, though. We we we've gone we we've gone. Solid 15 minutes off course. I wanted to talk about uh, disability, like I said. I've been, I've been dealing with, with, with the system, trying to get in. I've got a few appointments coming up that seem promising. Um, but I've also been dealing with it in a more intimate way. Um, what, one of my friends uh, recently injured themselves in such a way that they're going through a lot of the things I am going through. They they didn't lose vertebrae, but they did crack a vertebrae. uh, And that cracked revealed uh, compressions and uh, degenerations and arthritis and a whole bunch of other things. And their issue is brand new. They they found out about it maybe two weeks ago, uh, and they've been kind of struggling with it. And it's been, it, it sucked on two fronts, because it sucks on the one front where you're watching a friend suffer, right? That is never, you know, no, unless unless it's your friend getting hit in the balls. Uh, other than that, when you see your friend suffer, it's a bad time, right? But it's also been a weird feeling for me, because people care. Like, people are, like, legitimately like, oh, that's bad. That's real, that's real, real bad. And that sucks, because they're new. To it right like this is a new problem for them. this is a thing that recently occurred uh, and, and my stuff has been forever. to quote Lady Gaga, I was born this way and it it creates a weird tension for me internally because I want to be supportive and sympathetic uh, to my friend but I'm also really resentful that it only matters because they're an adult. It's it's new, so it matters to people. And that is uh exceptionally frustrating as a, a lifelong disabled person because it, it puts me in this weird position of of do people not care about me? Or do I are are they if this had happened to me today, if I had woken up tomorrow and was missing three vertebrae, would people give a fuck? And and yeah, because because it would be new some weird it's a weird feeling to deal with. I, I had something similar to happen years and years and years ago. Uh, a good friend of mine got diagnosed with like rheumatoid arthritis, which is pretty fucking severe. Like you're you're you you it's it's impressive to watch in, in a bad way because you, you literally see someone kind of fall apart over the course of a few months uh, as, as it gets worse. And you, 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 you watch what a damaged, you watch how fragile a body can be. And that whole time it was, it was a weird thing of, especially cause they would, would kind of realize that I hadn't been lying about stuff. Like, like even said, like, Oh, I thought, I thought you were just being silly. No, this, this all day pain thing is for real. This sucks. It's gotten me to thinking about how we view disability. But because of my friend's kind of more recent engagement with it, I've been trying to explain to them that uh, if they want to get on disability, they need to apply sooner rather than later. I really want to do a full-on disability mini series, but I don't have the time and space. So this is sort of the, the uh, rough draft pilot episode of a much fuller, a mini series I want to do uh, because I wanted to kind of explain to people the way I feel about disability and and the system. So so to clarify, let's start off up up the top, which is there is no such thing as a disability system in America. I think most of the time when people think that you're you've become disabled, that there's paperwork you fill out, and then you submit a form, and then like some government office stamps it. It's it's very similar to what happens, but the first thing you need to know is that there's literally no program to take care of disabled people in the United States of America. There's no program that is designated, let's make sure disabled people don't die. Uh, Instead, we have Social Security, and we have two versions of the program. The first version is what would happen to most of you If you woke up disabled tomorrow, if you the uh, the truck flew through your house and took off both your legs and broke all your legs, all your legs, both your legs. (laughs) In case any of my listeners have three legs, maybe maybe that one gets broken, too. Uh, But if you if you are hit by a truck and everything gets broken, there's a program in the government that you've been paying for out of your taxes every time you pay taxes, called Social Security. It is not, however, a program exclusively to take care of disabled people. It's sort of a rainy day fund that the government has held on for you, so that if you ever get, in any fashion, crippled, you can take time off and it's there for you. It's like a, it's like a savings account that only the government will give you access to. There's an alternate thing, also not to take care of disabled people, it is to take care of orphans and the elderly uh the disabled have been rolled into the program but the initial design was everybody over i can't remember the exact age 65 i think would get access to a fund because as a society we would agree that like old people deserve to live and they've they've provided for us so we should provide back for them and more accurately that they have provided for them so they should get that money back that second program is what you apply for when you're somebody like me if you're if you're in any fashion orphaned as a child you might get access to it i believe i'm not i'm not 100% sure how that works cuz uh not an orphan despite all of my hopes never was an orphan so it what, what usually happens if you're disabled is you have to apply for the social security program um, and there is no hey I'm a cripple, can you guys help me application. Instead, you have to kind of navigate their phone tree and hope you find somebody who can help you out. Uh, you can also hire a disability agency or, or a disability lawyer who will do all of the work for you, but, that's a big but and very important, they get a cut. Thankfully, most of them won't take that money unless you've been approved which means uh, they are incentivized, of course, to get you onto the program. However, it also means that they are incentivized to take as long as possible to get you onto the program, because the longer it takes, the bigger the initial payout and the more they make. It's kind of like the tax system, where, like, uh, we could actually have a tax system in the United States where you just click a button and they tell you what you owe, right? Like, like we could have a much simpler system but there are tax lawyers uh, or, or tax agencies that exist that are like, uh-uh, uh uh-uh. y- y- TurboTax won't get their cut, uh, so we can't we can't make uh, taxes work that way. I don't know for sure, but I would not be surprised if disability works similarly, uh, where some of the thing that slows it down is some lobbyist somewhere being like, um... If you do that, all sup won't get uh, 8% of every... So it's a difficult process to apply to. And also, your doctor can't just be like, oh, you're disabled, right? Because they will get in trouble for that. Instead, you have to navigate this weird thing of like, do you think I can do X, Y, and Z or live my life normally? Like you have to find a code word to, to get it right. It's... Otherwise, I would be on the plan. Right. The, 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 it doesn't convey any, uh, th- there is no office that says, boom, you're disabled. However, once social security approves that you are disabled, you get access to services, to, to things that would normally cost you money. You know, part of the reason I struggle is I don't have a social worker, a thing which costs money or takes a certain kind of knowledge to get that I do not have, um, Part of the reason I've struggled to get on disability is, is I don't know how to talk lawyer. <laughs> so I don't know how to talk to people who are are professionals without some amount of class bias getting through where I'm like second guessing what this person wants. Let's say you can find a doctor to say, hey, you will no longer be able to live your life normally. And let's say you can find uh, the right whatever lawyer or agency to work with you right those are those are two big hurdles but then there's a bunch of hurdles to the program that are are not that because i want to i want to make one one thing really clear you don't get to have disability until you are destitute just sit on that for a minute just think of every person you know who is disabled they had to give up everything to be declared disabled. So let's say you find the doctor. Let's say you find the lawyer. You know, now you've applied for the process. What is what what does the process require of you? And that's where that was where my money rent came in because what it requires of you is to be destitute, to be uh, uh, as funked as possible. Like me specifically, the number one reason I have not been able to get on disability is because I've had a job ever at all, whatsoever. Even if it was a job that I shouldn't have done, even if doing that job meant I I had no free time because I spent all of my time uh, recovering, even if that job exasperated my conditions, the fact that I've had a job means I can get a job, which means I'm not disabled, you know, even if I've lied to get that job, even if somebody gave me that job as a favor, even if I'm grossly underqualified for that job and they fire me a month later, the thing that has happened Sorry. Some sometime asked me about the, the time I worked customer service at a call center because it was a sales gig and I still treated it like customer service and they hated it. Um, but my point is even even if the, the things you do make things worse or make things harder, you, you've been employed, you can get a job. So, so you're not disabled. Clearly you're able. You've, you've worked ever. Uh, and that means you're you're not disabled because you've worked. Because the way we define disabled specifically is, are you able to make someone else money? Uh, and if you're not, then you're disabled. So it's, it's a great system. It's a great system. For example, even stand-up is a job as far as they are concerned. I have never, ever, ever made money on stand-up. I have lost a lot of money on stand-up. I don't know how to uh, do things like taxes, and I haven't had money to pay a person to do them for me. So I don't know how much money I've lost uh, doing stand-up. Despite all that, that still means, hey, you have a skill that you can try to make money off of. So we're not gonna we're not gonna like book gigs for you or 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 you know, which would be absurd. <laughs> Sorry, I just picture like the government agency of booking gigs where they're like, well, we got a Thursday in Bakitie, and I'm like, all right. Uh, but but even even podcasting could hurt my chances. You know, there's a good chance some muck in the government has to listen to this and determine, you know, if he has sound equipment and he knows how to edit, clearly that's a viable employment skill. And since people are giving him about $100 a month for that, he could probably make even more. All right, he is not disabled. Uh, and, and it's it's frustrating because I don't make, I, I've never done stand-up for money. I do stand up because I I love doing stand up. Okay, I did stand up in the hopes that it would become a real job, but it's never been. Oh my god, this thing is gonna make me rich and famous. It's always been. I hope I can pay the bills off of this thing, uh, but because it could be per- perceived as successful, like it's 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 a job, and so it counts against it. Uh, even sex work, like I have an OnlyFans, if anyone is really curious, but it's mostly. Uh, so if I have a friend who does model work and they need a male model, I am available and look at that, I'm verified. I don't make money off of it. In fact, if you look at it, I think all of it is free subscribers, but that could be considered a, that that is a source of income. Therefore, it could be counted against me, you know? which is which is a real thing like people who have worked sex work have been told like no because you can still like even if the thing you do is illegal no uh and and i know that might seem like a joke but it's not you you can do air quotes illegal work and still have it count against you um if you is you if i was a drug dealer uh they could say, well, no, you, you have a way to make money. Clearly, you're good at sales, so so you're fine. Uh, that That is why a lot of uh, sex workers are disabled. Because, or actually, let me say that differently. Sex work won't completely disqualify you. But underground illegal work uh, is, is common among disabled people. Because it is the only way to make income. Here's the deal. Uh, part of the process of disability is you waiting anywhere from six months to three years to get approved. I don't know if you've ever tried to not spend money for six months to three years, uh, but it's impossible. We we live in a capitalist society uh, that require consumerism, a consumerist society too. Both of those things require money, and that means when you're applying for disability you have to be prepared for the fact that a you're going to spend months struggling to convince people that you are legitimately dealing with a very real thing, despite the fact that they don't want to admit that. But at the same time, you're probably doing that after having a bunch of financial struggles leading up to that point, because you don't, most people who aren't born disabled have to spend money on doctors to find out what's wrong. Uh, My my friend that hurt themselves uh, recently and and, uh, found all the stuff wrong, it took like three doctor's appointments to figure out what was up. Because it was like, is it this thing? Nah, it might be this thing. Is it this thing? No, it's that thing. And it it took that long to get there, which is a lot of money. Uh, And like I said, to get disability, you can't be working. So you have to lose a job which is its own stressful thing. Then you have to convince a doctor that you're not faking it because we live in a society where if you don't want to be productive, something is wrong with you, maybe even criminally so. You, you have to deal with work stress and doctor stress and then the government stress. At the same time, you, you can't be working. You can't have an a, air quotes job. This leads a lot of people who are disabled to work in a lot of ways that are uh, air quotes illegal. Uh, I know a lot of drug dealers, a lot of sex workers, a lot of uh, "Hey, I will clean up things and not ask questions" people because they are disabled, and the only way you can make money is uh, selling pics of your feet or you know weirder stuff than that. And and the the extra beautiful part is now now you have the stress of you're committing an illegal operation, right? You're also doing this as a disabled person, which puts you at greater risk. And if you are found to be, uh, air quotes, working, you could still be denied disability. If you're, if you're an escort and you make a fair amount of money as an escort, they, the, the people in charge of whether or not you are disabled, can decide. Yeah, you know, you you make you make that money doing this thing that is highly dangerous that you're only doing because you can't have money on the books. But that's still a job, so no disability for you. Sorry about your spinal injury. It's uh it's it's a rough it's a rough place to be in. Uh because then your your immediate thought is, well, I'll live off of my savings while they wait, which is which is pretty reasonable. Uh except you can't have too many assets. It's a fact. I you you can't be like a homeowner and a car owner, uh, and be considered disabled, because you own things, right? Why didn't if you're disabled and you really need money, why didn't you sell your house? That place you live in. Hmm? If you're disabled, why didn't you sell your car to make sure you had money in the interim? That thing that you need to get around, maybe the doctor's appointments. Did you did you did you have a, a nice gaming computer, maybe? You you shouldn't have that. You're disabled. Why didn't you sell that to keep yourself alive? Do you have a TV, a really nice TV, because cause you just you're you're trying to self care and you need to stay in bed, and it's just good to have a good TV. No, sell that. You don't get to have a nice TV when you're disabled. You should sell that to keep yourself alive. You you can't be disabled if you have enough assets. Duh, which is which is a legit thing. And it also sucks for, this is one of those rare times, I will say something sucks for wealthy people, too, uh, because, or even middle-class people. I guess owning a home is a middle-class goal. I don't know. I I am the kind of poor where a studio apartment is uh, my McMansion. Like, the idea of, of, of four walls and my own kitchen and bathroom is, is, that's some fancy people stuff. I ain't never getting that. But, but my point before I sidetracked myself is it's a thing that if you have to sell off your life if you want to be disabled, right? If you want to, if you really are disabled, let's say tomorrow, uh, Mr. Gates, Mr. Bill Gates wakes up, uh, and is, it slips down his stairs and becomes paraplegic. He will be paraplegic for sure. And he would, he would, he would, he would have a lot of struggles, uh, and because of his wealth, he would probably, those would be cushioned, but if he wanted to get the United States government to consider him disabled for access to maybe certain medical programs or whatever, he would have to sell everything he owns, which, which I am honestly fine with. I, I'm not saying I hope Bill Gates falls down a flight of stairs and that has to give away all of his wealth, but if it happened... I wouldn't be disappointed, you know. I lost my dream about. <laughs> okay, anyway, let's let's say let's say you're the manager of a uh a, a, a fucking a Little Caesars. I used to work at Little Caesars. Let's say you're the manager of a Little Caesars, and um. You, you do a lot of work. I've seen what managers do. I like here. Here's my problem with management is, um, they actually do do a lot of work, but they refuse to see solidarity with the workers. They do a lot of work because they want to control workers. Evil. Uh, but at the same time, still a lot of work. If you're if you're showing up every day and figuring out schedules and covering for people who aren't there and like doing all the inventory and co-worker squabbles and all that stuff that is work i'm not going to deny that's work and it companies intentionally overwork managers because of salaries so you're in a you're in a fuckety position you're in a fuckety position because you want to do a fuckety thing i.e control other people i'll ignore that for the moment you're in a fuckety position and you do a lot of work if you let's say get cancer in that position and you have to take time off of work you decide hey because i got the cancer i can't work as a manager well the fact that you could still come in 4 days a week and 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 wave the sign out in front of the store as far as the government means you're not disabled oh yeah you're taking a severe pay cut and all of your lifestyle is changing and you're going to suffer but like that's that's how the system works buddy that's that's how it's designed so so you can't have a job You can't be in any fashion employable. If you do illegal work, you can't get caught because then you're double denied in addition to whatever consequences you have from doing illegal activities. You can't have too much to fall back on because if you have too much money in the bank, you're not disabled. You have money in the bank. You also, another one, you can't sell stuff, right? You you can't be seen buying and selling property because then you know, your assets are changing. You're lying to them about what you're doing. And more importantly, you're making money, you know. Yeah, you're, you're selling off your dad's watch that he uh, went through all of uh, the Vietnam War with. And his dad went through all of the Second World War with. And it has deep sentimental value to you. Yeah, you're selling that to, like, eat. But you can sell that so you're not disabled. Right, because you have access to, to 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 resources. Oh, they might be deeply personal, you know. Or or once you sell them off, you might have nothing left, but you had it at all, so you're not disabled. You, know? you also can't be seen to be enjoying life too much. And it's not just me being like. <laughs> uh, one of my friends, their judge denied them disability specifically because they had gone on a vacation trip. they, they, they had gone onto a plane and flew to a place and didn't didn't go there to try to get work or visit family was just like this place seems nice and I've been given a ticket and the judge they talked to said well if you can take a vacation you're not disabled right like clearly like clearly you you enjoyed yourself that's not what disabled people are supposed to do I, like like I'm I'm very scared about the fact that uh we went to Montana this summer even though I have not recovered from it even though I didn't get uh any real work done while I was there uh, even though it, it 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 was kind of a failed opportunity in the sense that like I thought it would lead to more stand up gigs and it did not. That would that was somebody that was that was money spent. You know. I didn't spend any money. Rochelle and her boyfriend did. Uh, but I might have. And I could be lying about the fact that I didn't spend money. So I'm not disabled. Disability deny. And and the sucks because when you're disabled, those things, they matter a little bit more. Look, I know a vacation matters when you've been working 40 hours a week, 50 weeks a year, right? I'm, I'm not going to deny you the importance of your, your two weeks of vacation. I don't get a break from being crippled, though. I don't get a couple of weekends off where I can just not be crippled. So when I, when I do get an opportunity to enjoy myself, it's it's pretty special. Because it means my body was up to it. it. means my mind was up to it. It meant the circumstances of, of hey, whatever my needs are bodily were just precise enough that, like, I was able to not just survive but enjoy myself. And because of that, you know, I'm not really disabled as far as the government is concerned. And that's uh, that's just the reality of, of that's all the stuff you deal with that's not paperwork. I, I had to be on hold yesterday for hour and a half to be told that like I do have an appointment confirmed. Way to go. You know, and then there's there's all of the social stigma of being disabled. Because we as United States citizens have this toxic myth of productivity. You have to be doing something. And if you're doing something it has to be for a reason. Because of we have this this myth of productivity, specifically because of slavery. Like like you call people that you have enslaved lazy so that you feel justified in the things you do to punish them for your perception of laziness I mean that mindset comes more from puritanicalism specifically where the idea is that you must uh, deny earthly pleasures so that whatever you get in heaven is worthwhile but that's a whole that's a whole line of conversation the the the, the main thing to know is that it's it's not just a uh, uh, a a bad thing it's a lie productivity is a myth there's no such thing as productivity you can't convince me productivity is real in the sense that like there are things that are urgent there are things that are important and there's working towards a goal but productivity just just making a product just just making sure you're doing something to do something it's it's a lie rich people tell you to keep you busy Wealthy people aren't productive. What What was the last productive thing Elon Musk did? No, wealthy people get to m- most most executives' work is going to a lunch to talk to other executives. Like that's most of their day. Got to Got to get to the office to find out what I got to talk about at lunch and go to lunch so I can come back to the office to, to remember what I talked about at lunch so I can go home. That's, that's That's your gig as an executive. And then sometimes you go to meetings where you tell management, good job. But productivity is just a thing made up to keep people busy. Because when people are busy being productive, they're not doing things like having a revolution. They're not doing things like radically redistributing the wealth. Uh, There's that meme that's been going around where people are like, we're never going to get another lockdown. Because when we got lockdown, it led to protests, it led to uh, things change, and if you are people in power, the one thing you don't want is things to change, because that might mean one of the things that might change is your grasp on power. All right, I've gone, I've gone down weird rabbit hole sideways with my point, because my central thesis when it comes to dealing with disability is I, I need people to understand a very, very important thing. You're next. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, But eventually, you are going to require the help of the disability services, uh, of social security. Because, as as I mentioned way at the start of this fucking 45-minute ramble, was uh, disability, the program, doesn't exist. Social security exists. And it has kind of folded in disabled people to its ranks because uh, there was some activism done in the 70s. We'll do an episode on that sometime. However... Social Security started as a thing to give elderly people because what would happen uh, in the er, before the 1900s before we had Social security was you had to hope your family took care of you or you had to hope some private Institute took you in uh, if you remember from the Harriet Tubman episode she started a home for uh, black people who were elderly because there weren't people to give services to that like it, it just wasn't a thing we just... You can, you can make some real educated guesses as to what we did as a culture uh, to elderly black people and why it was important that Harriet Tubman did that. But we weren't doing anything for anyone prior to Social Security. The main reason it was designed was to take care of elderly people who were a new phenomena in a certain way. Because, like, kind of prior to to that... We weren't taking care of elderly or sick people like we were, but we were throwing them in institutions. We were, uh, locking them, literally chaining them into basements. The earliest disability facilities in uh, America's history were asylums that people were just thrown into and like given slop. Like there was no compassion. There was no consideration to take care of them, uh, and then we, as a society, as a culture, decide: well, we need to take care of our elderly, right? And that, that, that's the fucked up thing about disability to me, is eventually you will be disabled, right? Maybe it won't be like me, where you were born uh, in God's ire. <laughs> Maybe it's not like my friend, where after 40 years of being a very physical uh, dancer person, they, they cracked a thing. Maybe it won't even be an accident at work. Maybe it'll be the inevitability of time. Uh, but either way, eventually you will be disabled. And I guess that's what's fundamentally so frustrating about uh, kind of everything when it comes to struggling to disability Is is this isn't my problem. This is our problem. The system that's broken isn't I'm I'm the thing that indicates to you that the system is broken. I'm the canary in the mine that's like, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> right? But that means you're next. I've, I've been dealing with, with, with my disability for 40 years. Like, I was born disabled and I've spent my entire life begging for help. I've spent the last decade telling people that it's fucked up and somebody should change it. And I will probably die in, in this state. I don't anticipate Surviving to 45 at the rate things are going. And that's literally where any of you listening will be by the time you're 50 or 60. You'll be staring down the same inevitability that I, I am and thinking, man, somebody should have done something about this two decades ago. And that was, that was, I guess this is the start of, of a number of episodes where I get comfortable rambling into the microphone Uh, I've kind of decided that I am, uh, uh, I'm going to try to make more of these episodes. I'm going to try to be, uh, I'm going to try to be a little bit better about making episodes, even if I don't think that they're going to be great quality. So I appreciate you guys listening in. It is, of course, uh, 6 a.m., so all the traffic is going on outside of my room, which means I need to thank the executive producers and get on with my day. If you want to be an executive producer of Recyclables, as mentioned, there's a Patreon. Patreon forward slash recyclables It helps me make episodes and not die of poverty. And if you want to become a patron, uh, it, it's as simple as going there and giving as little as a dollar a month. Uh, if you want to give more, you can. And if you can't give anything, I understand. That's the beauty of the model of the show. If you, if you can't be a patron, you still get a free show. If you can't be a patron, you get to make sure somebody else gets a show. Uh, and that's why I consider them the executive producers of the podcast. And so, as always, we're going to end by uh, thanking our executive producers. Thank you, Sabrina Phillips, for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Edwin Shives, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Stephanie Oxford, thank you. I don't know why I did a voice there, but you're welcome. Uh, Whitney Hampson, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Nova Starlust, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Rob Campbell, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Andrea Miller, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Kristen Rowan, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Linda Grimes, thank you for executive producing Recyclables. Butterface Creations, thank you for being a producer on Recyclables. I need to hit you up about art at some point. Carrie Davis, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. To my sister from another mother, Erica N., thank you for being a producer of Recyclables, executive producer of Recyclables, no less. Ash Alexander, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Ncella L., thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. And last but not least, Carrie, thank you for being an executive producer of Recyclables. Uh, until next time, everybody, remember to each according to their need and from each according to their abilities. Pretty solid model. So thanks. Catch you later. Bye. Rambling. Hello, oh no, music! Wrong with america you know if if <laughs> thank you for picking up recyclables today donations to the acast streaming service are of course always welcomed but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.